Hey friends, welcome to the Singing Moon Podcast. My name is Christine Singer Luna and I'm your hostess with the mostess. Join me on this journey as we explore life a little bit, mostly about topics that I enjoy and that I find you will also enjoy. And along the way, we're gonna meet some pretty cool and influential people that I think you should also know about. Make sure to follow me on social media to follow all things of the podcast at The Singing Moon. And if you have any other questions, please email thesingingmoonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for tuning in. Super grateful for your support. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and listening. Hope you enjoy the show. Talk soon, friends. Hey everybody, good morning. This is, well, good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Hello, it is Christine Singer Luna, your hostess with the mostess, and welcome back to the Singing Moon Podcast. So I hope you've really been into these episodes that we've done with our big nerds, right? Our nerdy 30 for 30 episodes. Um... Yeah, Anna is such a pleasure. Like, honestly, I love her so much. She's a really great person, and I'm just really lucky to call her, like, a friend of mine. So, um, you know, listening back to Anna's episode and also talking with other entrepreneurs and other people that I have, um, that I will be interviewing, you know, it's really given me an insight into being your own boss, right? And what it takes, the risks you need to make in order to be an entrepreneur. Obviously, it's very helpful if you know how to run a business, especially like if you don't have the experience of building a business yourself or being mentored by a business owner, it's obviously very helpful to go to school and learn how to do that. So I don't know if I've shared with the pod but when I went to Cal State Fullerton I was a pre-business major which that means is like you have to like finish all these requirements your first two years and then your junior year or your third year if you're on track you choose a concentration so my concentration was going to be accounting so I decided that you know as much as I love business and stuff I really wanted to embody the arts and so I started my radio tv film major and with that I started making podcasts um I think we started what's up Whittier in you know December 2015 we went full forward in 2016 and with that it's um you know that's what I was studying so when I was building the podcast and I started I started listening to podcasts like when I was 14 um, shout out to the TV Addict podcast, which was a really cool show because they would watch TV that week and then kind of do a breakdown and shared what they thought, anything like that. <clears throat> so I, you know, thought that was a really cool podcast. And then just listening to other podcasts, mostly TV show breakdowns, you know, blah, 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 over, the, over time. Um, then I listened to Serial podcast, which is about, you know, the murder of a young woman in Baltimore and did her boyfriend do it or like did her ex-boyfriend kill her or whatever whatever so like really interesting really interesting stuff 
And I just remember um, I said, like, I want to make podcasts. I think it was probably at Thanksgiving. And my Uncle Roger, shout out to my Uncle Roger. Thank you for supporting and listening. Um, yeah, Uncle Roger was like, well, Chris, if it's on the phone, it'll be successful. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you got a point there. Everybody's on their freaking phone all the time. So, you know, you're listening to this podcast. And I know that the podcast industry, there's so much, like, there's been so much growth since the whole panorama. Like, it's <clears throat> really exploded, right? So that not only makes it much harder for me, like, it also just means that there are so many different podcasts that you could be listening to and you're choosing to listen to mine. So thank you. Um, anyway, long story longer is talking with entrepreneurs and stuff. It's like you need to have something that you're passionate about and it's something that you don't want to quit and something you need to keep going with. And honestly, I'm so excited for the interview I'm going to do this afternoon which you guys will probably hear in about three weeks I'm doing this thing where it's like a 30 for 30 episode and then a um a solo episode and then a 30 for 30 then a solo because I think that it's better to have interviews on deck than just view them out at once maybe I'll start doing two times a week I don't know we'll see how it goes but my point is is that um Talking with Lori, shout out to Lori Castillo of uh, Glorious Garden Entrepreneur uh, Planner. Uh, we were talking about this concept that I have, like this, like, and really yesterday we were talking about it, and it's kind of like a philosophy at this point. Um, and it's called fun employment. Have you ever heard of that term, fun employment? So I first started using that. I. If I heard it from somewhere, I don't remember where I heard it. I just remember that I was fired from my first job. I know, right? I was like, I've never been fired. And it was really devastating. And I got fired because, um, I mean, a multitude of reasons. But first and foremost, like the commute was all the way in Pico Robertson in Beverly Hills. And you know, my bosses were just like, oh, that's too big of a commute for you. And they're not American, so they didn't really understand, like, that it's pretty normal for people to travel, like, an, two hours all the way to West L.A. to work, which is whatever. And I liked it because I would drive an hour and stop in, like, um, like, Abikini or wherever and I would work out and that would be my time for that okay and then I would you know eight o'clock like work out at seven o'clock whatever whatever eight o'clock I would go to work and nine o'clock I would be there okay so they fired me and I remember they waited until I got home I got the phone call they're like Christine you don't need to come into work tomorrow and I was like uh okay I go into my mom's room. I'm like crying. I'm like, mom, I've never been fired before. And she's like, it's okay. Just, uh, you know, to start looking for jobs, to start applying for jobs. And I'm like, all right. Luckily, it was in the middle of the summer. So it's not like I had class the next day or I needed to essentially like, you know, I didn't really have much expense, many expenses because 
I was in college. I was living at my parents' house. I, um, I think my parents were still paying for my phone bill at the time. I think they were still paying for my insurance at the time. Um, I mean, all that changed and I got that big girl job. But, you know, um, actually, no, 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 no. I think I was, oh, you know what had happened was I was working at Complete Service, the demolition company. And then for the summer, I was like, let me do this internship making food videos because, you know, Tasty, BuzzFeed, all of that was really popular. So I decided to do it. And, you know, two weeks in, then they fired me. So then I was like, totally did not have a job and whatever. So the next day I just, so, you know, I had all these bills. Luckily they paid me, like they sent me my check. So that paid for my expenses for the month. And, um... And then I just was like, well, I'm not going to just sit around and wallow all day in self-pity. Um, applied to a few jobs. Um, I think, I don't know if, obviously LinkedIn was a thing at the time. So I probably looked in on LinkedIn or whatever. This is like 2017. And, um, or no, summer of 2016 then. Anyway, long story longer <laughs> is that I had... Um, decided that I wasn't going to wallow in anything. and I'm just going to celebrate fun employment. So I remember going on a hike. And when I got to the top of the Hellman Trail, which is where the water tower is in Whittier, if you're familiar, I got a text. And it's like, you do not get reception on that hike at all. Like, you know, if you're listening to Pandora or something, um, it's going to fizzle out because it's all hills, mountains. There At the time, there was no reception. And then I get to the top, the penultimate, and I get a text message from my former like supervisor. And he's like, hey, Christine, can you come into the office? Like, do you have time this week? I know you're busy. You're probably at work. Do you think you can come in the office this week and um, help us write out some checks or whatever and do the payroll? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I go into the office. I'm like, hey, um, actually, I'm not working for that organization anymore. I can stay here. And so that's how I got my job back. It's kind of very lucky. Um, but that point forward, I was staying in this space of fun employment. And then, you know, I had my job this past year from like August until June or August until May of, you know, 21 to 22. I gave my two weeks and then they're like, well, why don't you just leave today? I'm like, okay. And so the next day I was like, well, you know, I, I still need to make money. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I left the job because it was not cool. Like, it was just a bummer. Um, just certain elements, like, just didn't mesh well, which is fine. And I was like, well, I'm back on fun employment, right? I'm, like, unemployed, but I want to make it fun. Then I came across, um, I started doing bookkeeping for the symphony, the Whittier Regional Symphony. And then that turned into an office manager position, which is really great. And also... I got the opportunity to work with Lori and that was really funny because it's like it was really only part-time a few hours a week and in my head I'm like okay well that gives me more time to focus on the podcast that gives me more time to focus on other things so long story longer is talking about this concept of fun employment like obviously I mean maybe not obvious but whatever but you still have a job, right? But it's something that you enjoy doing. The philosophy of being fun employed is more than just 
having to be in an office for over 40 hours a week, feeling like a prisoner, feeling like all of these negative tropes of having a career. And some people feel like they need to have, like they need to have a job for benefits, for insurance, for all these things. But when you're self-employed, I would consider that to be fun employment as well because you're doing exactly what you want to do. And the greatest asset of fun employment is time. So you can break out your time however you want, whether you're working in the morning and in the afternoon, you're working on like your hobbies, you're working on your business, you're working on whatever it is. Like you just have that time. So you have streams of income, right? Coming from you giving time to others. And then you have your own personal time. So fun employment, really your greatest asset is time. That being said, I'm incredibly lucky. And I... I'm not going to say, like, I don't have a certain type of privilege. Like, I definitely have a certain type of privilege. Like, I have a safety net, which is, you know, as a 30-year-old woman with no kids, no real responsibilities, just need to make sure these cats and dogs are fed. It's like, I am so lucky that I realize that I have this privilege that I do not want to squalor it away. Um... So being able to be fun employed is more than just saying that, <clears throat> oh, I don't have a quote unquote real job. Cause I think certain things that I'm afforded to do with this free time is build upon my skills, <clears throat> build upon my skills such as golf, right? I mean, listening to this podcast, you know that I have just been playing golf like almost every single day definitely every single week like really getting into the sport and improving my skills there so that's one way that I use my time obviously another way that I use my time is my podcast you know making an episode it takes about two hours if I want to think of an idea write it out record it for 30 minutes then edit it and then post it that takes about two hours um, when I interview somebody else, it, it might take a little bit longer, depending if I have to edit or whatever it is. I'm also able to give back in philanth- like through philanthropic ways. So I've always, I've always like loved volunteering, okay? And it's because I love giving back. And I know that I have a lot of skills that can help others be better. And I don't know, just something about the word philanthropy is just like so sexy to me. Just, it just is like being able to, to give to those in need. So I've never really thought of philanthropy as like anything but giving back. And I have a lot of skills so I can help people in, in different ways. So in the past, like I would even consider freaking running for office as philanthropy because at the end of the day, I just wanted to help a whole town Um, because the reality is that there are people suffering, you know? There are. Like, uh, I'm not saying that I I think I can fix all the world's problems, but I really was hoping that I could, you know, fix a tiny part of the world, which is my neighborhood and support my neighbors. Um... However, I think the people that vote are just very 
removed from the struggles that others are facing. So that's how I feel about that. Um, that being said, like I joined a couple of nonprofit. I became uh, joined a few different nonprofits. I became a member of the board of directors for the Whittier Museum, for the Beth Shalom of Whittier, my temple, for the Whittier Public Library, um, all of these different groups because I really believed in <clears throat> educating the youth, right? Like the kids are the future of tomorrow. So joining the Whittier Public Library, I was like, wow, I really want to support like, I just really want to support, like, the library, right? Because I love libraries. Oh, my God, fun fact. I went to the Norwalk Library because it's right next to the Donkanabe um, Learning Golf Academy. And they have a really great book selection, you know? I went to a Chamber of Commerce, um, uh, the City of Commerce had, like, a chamber event mixer. And I went there, <clears throat> and I met the Beatrice, the librarian. Shout out to Beatrice, the librarian at the Commerce Library. And uh, she was like, she said something like, yeah, I really encourage people to get a library card wherever they go. I was like, oh my God, that's so freaking cool. And so then I was like starting to look at different libraries and I realized that I did not have a LA Public Library library card. So anyway, I'm just talking. This, but this is what Fun Employment allows me to do. Fun Employment, fun employment allows me to go to the library at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday and hang out there for an hour while I'm reading and perusing different books that will help me grow in some sort of way. Um, but back to philanthropy. So what I really love about the Whittier Regional Symphony and why I'm so grateful to be part of it is that it is philanthropy, okay? Although I'm getting paid like in a position, in a paid position, there's a lot more pressure, I think, um, just to keep it running and to be able to manage certain aspects of the organization. And I never knew, I never thought I would ever get into like the nonprofit sector, but I, but I am in it. And, you know, because our budgets like currently We've been dormant for two years, so we're really just getting back into the flow. Our first concert is going to be October 23rd, which is a Sunday at 3 o'clock in Uptown Whittier. It's been quite, it's like, it's just so such a trip trying to coordinate concerts. Um, and again, like, I'm, a, I'm part of the, like, I've always been a lover of the arts, so it's so freaking cool to do the behind-the-scenes stuff because it reminds me of stuff that I did in high school. You know, when the drama class would produce, like, Miss Condor Pride or Mr. GQ, which were essentially talent shows, it was a really, like, I would produce it, I would manage it, I would be in charge of everything, and I think a lot of that, you know, gave me experience to do this now, right? Especially working with the arts. So, what I would say about fun employment is that... Your greatest asset is time. So whatever you do with your time, this period, like just in life, your greatest asset is time. And then when you have the freedom to create your own schedule and, you know, work outside of an office, you know, like, again, another thing I appreciate about the symphony is that I don't, I'm not stuck in an office for eight hours a day. Like I will travel to go to, 
like an event, right? Um, like a chamber of commerce event, or I will meet with like have the opportunity to meet with people and um, you know talk with them about the symphony or have podcast meetings and discuss supporting other people in their podcasts. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just such a trip. And my thing with like using a lot of my time, I'm looking at my calendar right now and I have golf scheduled like every single day. I don't have any golf scheduled today. However, I may go to the driving range and just work on my swing. Um, you know, I work with some organizations like, you know, our Don Kanabe social club, we volunteer our weekends there like every single Saturday um sorry every yeah every single Saturday with the exception of one Sunday there's going to be kids tournaments at Don Kanabe so we volunteer every Saturday from like 8 to 10 for the kids tournaments and then yeah we get to play like maybe a couple rounds at the nine hole but it's more about seeing little kids well first of all it's, it's about supporting the director who is putting on these kids tournaments and like I don't know how she how she's getting paid I don't know any of that stuff it's really none of my business however it's more beneficial that she has volunteers that want to show up give their time and support kids and support kids in golf I think that is just so freaking cool like I am mesmerized when I see 11-year-olds that have been golfing for six years and, you know, they're birding or they're, you know, hard on themselves because I see a lot of myself, the new golfer, in these seasoned golfers. who These 11-year-olds that have been golfing for like five or six years, it's like, it's incredible. Mostly because they're so young, but also like, they have their mannerisms down, you know, they were taught the right way. So not only do I do that, but I'm also involved with this organization called Babes Golf. They're based out of San Diego. There is an Orange County chapter, which is the one I go and hang out with. And what's really cool about it is that um, they give back as well. So, you know, for example, you know, hopefully they'll be there for the Whittier Regional Symphony Golf Tournament that we're going to have in March. And um, there would be, like, a contest, like, oh, beat the babe. Like, you know, if she hits it, like, uh, like at a par three, if it's 130 yards to the pin and she hits it, like, 110 and someone goes past 110, then they get an automatic birdie. And if they make the putt, they get the automatic eagle, which is really cool. But it's like, you know, the foursome will make a contribution to this 501c3 babes golf then they'll split that with the charity of the tournament that they're at, which is really great. So we also, this past weekend, were at Willowick Golf Course in Santa Ana, which um, is like five miles from Disneyland, really cute place. And that is actually where the Ladies Professional Golfers of America and the Southern California Golfers Association, no, I'm sorry, the LPGA, Ladies Professional Golfers Association, and the SCGA, Southern California Golfers Association Junior had their girls golf kickoff. So there's this program that they have a Don Canabe, which is girls golf. <clears throat> and they also are starting that program at Willowick. So that was also cool getting to see, you know, 
young girls, not just boys, because, you know, the Kids for Golf program is for boys and girls, but seeing young girls, like, learning golf, getting into golf. Um, I'm not saying I'm a professional golfer by any means. Clearly, I've not been trained by the PGA. However, I see, like, you know, an eight-year-old doing things that I started because they're new golfers and, um, you know, they're like, like moving their head, right? If you don't keep your head like glued to your ball so you can see it, you're going to top it. You're going to miss the shot entirely. And yeah, keep your head down, make sure your grip is right. If it feels weird when you swing, that means you're doing it right. Um, yeah, yesterday I had a, last night I had a really good game. I made a couple of birdies, which is such a huge improvement from when I first started. But anyway, um, it's so, it was really cool giving these girls tips that I've been given. And it's like, you want to watch where your chest goes because that's where the ball is going to go. So if you hyperextend and your chest is facing left, then your ball is probably going to hit left. If you do a good, if you get into the right formation on this axis and and rotate your torso and the ball will go straight lots of elements in golf that's why it's such a great sport because not only is it physically challenging right because you need to know exactly what your body's doing but you also need to know like mentally what you're what you're working with and the best part about golf is like if you like totally triple bogey like hit three strokes hit six strokes on a three par hole like you know if you triple bogey you can just move on to the next hole and it's a new opportunity to make a par and make a birdie whatever it is you know um so that's always interesting that's always fun to support people and i really would not have that opportunity if I was working all the dang time. Like, but then again, I my responsibilities are so much different than everyone else's. But that being said, it's like you need to know your worth, know, need to know your value, and need to know the value of your time. And that's all part of fun employment, you know? At first, it just started as a play on words, like, oh, I'm unemployed, so I may as well have fun. However, now it's really just become a philosophy of, if it doesn't fill my cup, if I don't find joy in it, then why would I want to do it? Um, and I understand a lot of people don't have that opportunity. You know, you could have just fallen into a certain industry, you know, like the law industry, the construction industry, the medical industry, and it's the only thing that you know. And it's really hard for you to be able to start over. And I think one great you know, something like when you're young, I mean, and that, that to say like at any age you can start doing whatever you want, you know, you can freaking like, I don't know, just do whatever you want. It's just so easy for me to say that because that's in my personality to believe that I can achieve something and go for it. And I do have that level of hubris that's like, what's going to stop me? Until, you know, whatever happens tries to stop me. But my philosophy really is just that. As long as you're having fun, you're not really working a day in your life. And when I go to the symphony, it's like 
sure, I gotta be in the office and take care of, like, QuickBooks and make sure payroll's done. And, you know, I just remember, like, procrastinating on things that I had to get done when I was doing accounts receivable because it I just didn't find joy in it. And I was working so hard for peanuts, and my work was never recognized. So that just didn't flow for me, you know what I mean? And... I think the concept of fun employment also is learning where you are appreciated. Um, and if you're not feeling appreciated, then don't do it, you know? Like, I really feel like I'm being appreciated where I am in my life now. And, oh, I didn't even tell you about the golf that I did yesterday. So we're trying, we're figuring out the golf tournament for the Whittier Symphony. And, um... We had a meeting at California Country Club off the 605 freeway in Whitty- in North Whittier. And my boss was like, oh, you think they can let us play a few holes? And I was like, well, uh, I have my clubs in my bag. And he also had his clubs. So we, uh, yeah, ended up going to the second, 11th, and 13th holes. So like in the second hole, it's a part three, which I carried, by the way, because it was a scramble. And I carried it, so that was pretty cool. I made par. That was awesome. I had a really good chip and a putt, which is always what you need. Um, and yeah, anyway, long story longer is um, I just need to work on hitting with my driver because, you know, I can do better. So um, that being said, like, that's a really fun part of the job is like, I got to go hit some golf balls. Like at the same time as like, I'll be coordinating the tournament. Um, I know that like, I won't be able to play in the tournament because I'll be working it. Maybe in the few, in future tournaments I'll be able to play. Um, but, yeah, I'm just really excited for all of my friends that are going to come out and support. But that was the first time I ever played at California Country Club. I volunteered there for a few tournaments in the past and had a really great experience. So, yeah, man, it's going to be a fun, fun year for the symphony. I'm so excited. We have a bunch of other fundraisers coming up. Hopefully, um, I'll be able to get some of those people on the podcast and talk a little bit about why we are nerds for the music and nerds for the symphony um, and showcase some of our dates. Like October 23rd is our free concert. We are having a fundraiser concert in December 9th, I believe it is, um, at Ruth B. Shannon, the Center for the Performing Arts in Whittier. And... It'll be cool because, well, this is a ticketed event, which means that all of the funds raised will be go to, will go towards putting on our free concerts, which are not cheap, you know. Um, essentially, like our membership used to be before I joined the organization, the membership at its highest was like like nine hundred members, and everybody would contribute like. whatever it is. And this is like from the community for the community. And that's why it's a community based. So we were able to, so the organization was able to develop so many programs like youth enrichment, which means that they would go to different elementary schools or different school districts in working class neighborhoods and educate students about what the arts really is. And it's like, oh, here are some instruments and you can play these, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, and really get kids hyped up for, like, especially the artists, right? You know who you are, like, 
as a kid, you will always know what you're meant for, I think. Um, as a kid, I've always been in love with the arts. Going back to my ballet class and we danced to the song Men in Black. This is like, what, like 25 years ago? So I've always been in love with the arts. And so, again, it really encourages me to continue to give back to this nonprofit in, in you know, in an employed capacity because we're educating the kids. But in order to pay for the musicians to go out there, in order to pay for the buses to bring the kids in to, for, like, the, we do a children's concert in January, and there, you know, we have thousands of kids that are, that we pay for the buses to come from their schools to the auditorium, and they get to hear an orchestra. And for a lot of them, first of all, field trips. Like, I don't know if that's even budgeted for anymore. Second of all, a lot of arts education is cut down. And third of all, a lot of these children don't have the opportunity to go to a concert. That don't have the opportunity to see an orchestra. So this year it's going to be We Can All Be Heroes. And the theme is Marvel music. So it's like superhero music, things like that. And we also do, um, oh, Young Artist Competition. Um, so the Young Artist Competition is sponsored by our local partner, Whittier College. And, I mean, sponsored in that they give us the space. However, you know, we give out scholarships. So there are a lot of students that are entering college and they're, you know, music theory students or theater students. And it's basically like a talent show. We have some judges. And from there, they determine who did the best, blah, 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 and who should win these scholarships. So we give away like $5,000 in student scholarships, which is really cool. And I know that when I was in school, you know, I won a a few scholarships, um, and that paid for my books freshman year. You know, those things aren't cheap. you know, pays for gas to be able to get to school if you're a commuter, pays for room and board if you live on campus. So that being said, I do appreciate being able to give back in those ways because it's not just like I'm working for a corporation and, you know, they're just creating a product and selling it. Like, sure, that's what I do. Like, I do that, you know, for like when I work for other companies. It just is so much more fulfilling to give to work for a nonprofit in an organization that supports the arts. I don't know how many times I have to say that. Probably for forever I'll say it. But um, it's the truth. That's how I feel about it. I'm really grateful for it. And so let me see. The next thing that I got is... Um, no, that's just about it. So yeah, stay tuned for December 9th. That'll be our fundraiser. Um, we have 50 and $100 tickets. And again, that's to raise funds so that we can continue going to the school. That December fundraiser, our goal is to be able to, you know, fulfill the children's concert budget from there. Our tickets are available right now on Eventbrite, so you can go there and check it out. And yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's what I'm saying, fun employment. The whole process, the whole philosophy of fun employment is being able to do things that you love and have time to be able to accomplish all of these things. And it's not an easy process, I can guarantee you. However, it's a real mental process that whatever you're doing, 
needs to come full circle of making sure you're having fun. You know, it's fun if you're not working a day in your life. Um, That being said, there's always a monotony of, you know, stuff that we got to get done. And there's boring things to do. But I think I said in the past, it's like, you got to get used to the boring stuff so that you can have the fun stuff, which is the truth. So, all right, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode on the concept of fun employment and probably learned a little bit about me, learned a little bit about how I get to go golf all the freaking time, but because, you know, it's, it's a balance of work and play. And sometimes you can have those two intersect and that's really cool. So, yeah. Thank you for tuning into the show, my ramblings on being fun employed. And stay tuned next week as we have our special guest. I will leave that a surprise until the episode. Um, But yeah, next week we're going to have another Nerdy 30 special guest. So thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in, for listening, for subscribing, and for being a loyal supporter of the pod. I appreciate you guys. All right, take care. Bye-bye.